This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Rolene Marks, a very good morning to you. How are you? I'm always good when I start my Friday mornings off talking to you. Absolutely brilliant. Just to uh, just to start, I was absolutely fascinated by this rescue of 204 stranded Israelis and Jews uh, in Ethiopia. Well, isn't it just incredible? You know, this is Israel at her best. And uh, when the state of Israel was founded 75 years ago, the modern state of Israel, because we have always uh, been a nation, a people in our uh, ancient homeland, the premise was that you know, no Jew, wherever they are in the world, should ever be in distress again. We remember all too well what it was like when we were in distress and the world closed its doors and the devastating results of that. Now, cut to 75 years later, and we are all familiar with the incredible, uh, truly exceptional uh, rescues operations, Moses and Solomon, bringing Jews from Ethiopia home to Israel. And we also are familiar with the thousands of Ethiopians who made their trek uh, from Ethiopia through the Sudan, through very, very dangerous terrain in so many different ways, uh, because the dream of Jerusalem sustained them as it has for centuries sustained Jews in exile and through persecution. Now, yesterday, I mean, we, we didn't have an inkling, Howard, that uh, something like this was going to happen. Um, and, and all of a sudden, we received these press releases that over 204 Israelis and, and, and eligible uh, Ethiopian Jews had been rescued and were on their, their way to the state of Israel. So the background to this is in the uh, Amar region of Ethiopia, there has been an increase in violence. And Gondar, the city of Gondar, which is home to a very sizable uh, Jewish community and many Israelis go there, whether it's for business or for leisure, um, they were rescued. So what happened was that uh, various missions went out across Ethiopia, some to Gondar, some to the town of Mount Dar, that's in northern Ethiopia, and uh, they were told, that there would be buses that would take them to Addis. That you, you know, if you want to get out, be on um, the bus and be taking you through to Addis Ababa. That's the uh, the capital of Ethiopia. Uh, and uh, people were given the choice: either you can stay in the capital, mm-hmm. uh, or you can um, uh, you can board the flight, four flights in total, um, home to Israel. So it's just 
absolutely exceptional. This is the Mossad working with the Jewish Agency for Israel, working with our embassy in Addis and uh, the Office of the Prime Minister and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Just absolutely incredible. And what happens once they get to Israel? I mean, is there a process? Are they taken care of? Because I imagine that many of them will be arriving with very little. Well, they will, they will be processed like um, most of them are processed. You know, understand their rights. They'll probably be uh, housed in some kind of a facility because, you know, this is an emergency rescue mission. They're not going to uh, suburbs mm, and, and apartments mm, exactly. or whatever they found. So they'll be the, uh, you know, through the Jewish agency, through all the networks, they will be housed somewhere while they are processed, while they get their bearings. Obviously, Israelis will return to, you know, wherever. Mm. They, mm. they come from, but it is just, uh, th- this is Israel at her finest, and it's a, it's a, um, a message to Jews around the world that if you are in a state of distress, if there is a situation in your country where uh, it, it could have serious security ramifications for your community, we will find you. And we will come get you. And uh, the Prime Minister said the state of Israel looks after its citizens wherever they are. In recent days, Israeli citizens and people eligible for Aliyah from Ethiopia became in distress in areas of combat. I directed that they be brought out of there. I would like to thank the National Security Council and the personnel of the Prime Minister's office, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Jewish Agency for their quick, quiet and above all successful action. And uh, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Eli Cohen, said the state of Israel will not stand aside and leave one Israeli behind. This was the result of successful cooperation and close coordination between the, uh, the Prime Minister's Office, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the National Security Council, of which the Mossad is part of that, and the Jewish Agency. Uh, as we have proven in the past and in this event as well, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs will continue to work in every way possible to assist every Israeli in the world who needs help. Amazing. Absolutely incredible. And just, uh, it's so good to have a heartwarming story there. Well, we've got two, in fact, because Saudi normalization seems to be becoming a reality or certainly has the potential to be a, uh, to become a real thing. Or does it? I mean, we've heard so mm, much mm. Uh, noise around us, especially over the past week. And, and it's been like watching a very, very diplomatic tango happening before our eyes. So there's uh, various dances as part of this particular dance. And we've got the Saudis, of course, uh, you know, they have stated, uh, you know, their expectations. We've got Israel and we've got the United States, which is really the essential broker between this. So we've had some interesting developments this week. We've had an op-ed written in the Wall Street Journal by our Foreign Minister Eli Cohen saying that, you know, this will be, this will transform the region. This is uh, not just... Um, this is not just uh, a... a, a, a uh, an issue for Israel and Saudi Arabia. This is also something that will completely transform the region. And, and that is what the Saudi crown prince wants. He wants, and, and he has stated it before, the Middle East to become a, a major 
power broking region and, and he envisions a, a scenario where all countries are working in cooperation with each other and becoming economic and technology powerhouses which is a, a fantastic vision there are some caveats the Saudis want Israel to make concessions for the Palestinians this is not unexpected they want the freezing of all uh, buildings of settlement or the annexation of settlement um, uh, annexation and building for at least four years. Now, uh, we have elements within our government who say absolutely no way will we agree to that. You do the math, I know you can all figure out who that mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Now, we also had another article in the Wall Street Journal stating that a broad-based agreement had been reached between the, the White House and the Saudis. And then we had a similar article, this time in Axios, uh, a real up-and-coming um, Uh, paper of record where Barak Ravid, one of the most respected journalists, very, very knowledgeable, uh, impeccable credentials, uh, said that Netanyahu had stipulated Israel's request, saying, you know, as part of this uh, normalization deal, we want security guarantees from the United States. Now, it all sounds wonderful, everybody here, you know, we, we're uh, uh, bracing for the for any eventuality. However, what is interesting is that the, the White House spokesperson came out uh, after that and he said, uh, first of all, there was no broad-based agreement reached. So how the Wall Street Journal got wind of the story is uh, there's a question mark hanging over that. And then he was pressed about Prime Minister Netanyahu meeting Biden. Mm -hmm. And he said, it will happen in the year somewhere in the USA, but it is unlikely to happen at the White House. Now, this is a serious smack for Prime wow. Minister Netanyahu. It really is. Like, we don't want you in our home. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, it's not only that. It's, you know, he has been doing this, like, non-stop media offensive in the United States, uh, creating uh, great animosity here in Israel because Israelis are saying, why aren't you speaking to us? We are the Israeli citizenry, not the United States. Why are you shoring up the United States, uh, your support base? And again, using that uh, very divisive language, the opposition are all leftists and anarchists and, 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 and all of that. Uh, and he has also said, yes, you know, I'll be meeting Prime, uh, President Biden at the White House. So this is a smack from the White House to say, don't play that game with us. Uh, we have expressed our concerns um, uh, we have expressed our concerns about your uh, reforms and the impact that it has on democracy. And also we have uh, very, very real concerns, as do the Saudis, around certain members of your government. Very, very interesting and certainly a story that uh, we will definitely continue to follow. This is one that we have been following, which is, is of course, Ben Gvir and Smotrich. Uh, the, uh, obviously, you know, the uh, far-right renegade characters. And I just wonder, and I wanted to put a different, um, a different perspective to you, Rolene, and maybe... Um, maybe you can get, I can get your thoughts on it. Sometimes you need, in inverted commas, lunatics to say things that are almost too much in order to try and achieve balance. So 
For example, um, in South Africa, the Julius Malema, and, and I'm not saying that he is a, a, is somebody that I value in terms of some of the things he says, but the reality is sometimes he causes us to have conversations that might be uncomfortable. And whether I like him or don't like him, uh, there is some value in that. Are these two guys, Smotrich and Ben Gvir, playing a role that causes conversations to be had that maybe we would be too uncomfortable to have but for them? I.e., is there any good in their leadership style? Oh, I'm loving this question so much uh, because they are creating a scenario where we are having an uncomfortable conversations. You know, last week you and I spoke about that we are seeing a clash of values here in Israel. And I think what we have seen uh, certainly this week uh, from Itamar Ben Gavir and Betzalel Smotrich is that some of their uh, decisions, I'll politely call it, have really, really raised the ire of Israel and uh, it, it's got many, including members of the coalition, saying, okay, we need to stop and uh, do a stop take of where we are right now. So let's address Petula Smotrich, the finance minister, because this week he has uh, refused to budge on um, handing over 200 million shekels that have been earmarked for education, for cultural, uh, for a whole uh, lot of different projects that will uplift the Arab community. Now, this has resulted in massive backlash. Mm -hmm. Israelis, uh, the Prime Minister has said, you know, every citizen deserves equal benefits. And yes, while there will be uh, uh, scrutiny around where the funds go and, they, and they'll be subject to evaluation, they are going through. He is refusing to transfer that. We've even had hardliners like Tali Gottlieb and uh, Amicha Chikli who have said, there's no justification for you to withhold these funds. Uh, and the leaders of the opposition straight out calling him a racist. Mm. And it's raised a very, very important and very uncomfortable discussion here in Israel. Uh, you know, how did these characters get here? What kind of hold are they having over the Prime Minister? We have a case this morning where the Defence Minister has actually written to Itamar Ben Gavir, who has a, uh, who got the permission from the Prime Minister to start a national guard, I say, in inverted commas. And Galanta straight out said to him, this is not your personal militia. We have the security apparatus in place. And um, it's raising the, the question here, this is an abuse of power. Mm -hmm. And what will it take for the prime minister to say, hang on a minute, uh, given that there are international players that are wary of you, uh, watching Israeli citizens and the backlash against you, and watching your decisions which are detrimental to us uh, domestically and internationally. Uh, what decisions do I need to take to move this country forward in a positive place? Mm. 
Very, very interesting. And uh, certainly something that we will continue to talk about because it does say something. It does say something about government. It says something about Israel. It says something about them, society. It says something. Uh, we just got to try and figure out what exactly that is. I'd love your thoughts, 34519 or 0618951019. Rolene Marks, thank you as always. Wishing you a fantastic weekend. Shabbat shalom, and we'll catch you next week. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebluagency.com. Dot com.